Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Thursday there, folks. I almost forgot what day it's going to be. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and I must be getting comfortable here in the great state of Indiana because I have had not one, but now we're having two U.S. Senate candidates. James Cianick has joined the program. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. James, thank you for joining us on the program, and thank you for, as I say to every candidate out there who's running with a big L next to their name, thank you for doing your part, bringing the ideas of liberty to the masses, and I say that particular, uh, particularly, as I said back when I was talking to William Henry uh, a few days earlier, here in the Hoosier State, which I am now uh, planted my flag. This is home sweet home, so thank you for being one of the, the uh, two candidates that I, I learned who are running for U.S. Senate here, um, and obviously we are currently Currently in the process of narrowing down who will be the ultimate candidate as we approach 2022. But before we get there, James, let's introduce yourself to the audience. So, who are you? And let's ask the real question here: Why on earth did you want to run for U.S. Senate? Well, I'm James Siniak, and a uh, little bit about me as far as the Libertarian Front. I'm a national member. I'm a 1994 Society member. But I'm a lifetime Hoosier member, and most importantly, I am a member of my local affiliate. So I believe all this is important as uh, when you run for the Libertarian Party to make sure you're involved and to see the concerns and to truly represent the Libertarian aspect. And why I decided to run is just that. I wanted someone at the top of the ticket who can represent Libertarian values and communicate it to Hoosiers all over the state, but be able to pull in uh, both from the Democratic side and the Republican side to the message of freedom so that they're more open and that we can support other races like the most important one is the Secretary of State race because that's how we get our ballot access. So I'm absolutely excited for uh, what 2022 holds, and this is absolutely thrilling to be where we're at. Absolutely. Cannot agree uh, enough. And, and I say that now, especially being here, let's see, a uh, grand old four weeks, I think. Officially, yeah, four weeks and then some change. Um, and it's, it's definitely refreshing to see the atmosphere here is so different. And you get to really appreciate... Yeah, the, the ideas of liberty, like, not only are they, like, right, and they, they, you know, we can argue about the principles and such to people all day long, but when you go out and you actually live it, you're like, yeah, this is, this is the way, the, the quote our, our good friend, the Mandalorian, right? This is the way. Um, but with that being said, 
there are still areas that we can we can get better at here in Indiana, and I'm learning that along the way as I've had conversations with people. And one of the areas that was brought up on your website as I was do, uh, perusing through was medical freedom, and I'm curious because I'm coming from a state like Pennsylvania where, hey, we might actually be ahead of the game out there, but I'm coming out to here to Indiana, I'm finding out it might be a little different. What's going on, James, with terms of medical freedom, and how would you approach things from a U.S. Senate perspective? Well, so medical freedom was something huge in our last election cycle, and Rainwater touched a lot about mask mandates and the idea that the governor can mandate uh, medical decisions, which I believe mask are medical decisions. But we saw it even more intrusive and wasteful uh, on the federal front, and that's vaccines. Vaccines are a huge issue right now. We saw all the truckers in Canada, but it's very relevant, and it's relevant to Hoosiers. But the idea is, is that politicians should absolutely not be our physicians. And there's reasons that they can't make medical blanket medical decisions for all of our nation. So we need senators to represent us and represent medical freedom. And uh, the example I love to give is if you pull out any medication in your medicine cabinet and you look at a pill bottle, you'll see side effects. And the reason side effects are on that bottle is because that medication negatively affected somebody somewhere. So the idea that politicians think they can make blanket medical decisions is ridiculous because we as individuals have to weigh the consequences of taking that medication. And often it is proactive and better to take that medication. Our physicians can help us make those choices, but politicians can't. And it's absolutely ridiculous that we have to fight this right now. Yeah. And let's go towards the other area of medical freedom that I was also referring to. And that is the, the cannabis world. Um, I know New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and other states out there in the Northeast have been actually leading the charge in legalizing uh, cannabis. Now, granted, that's also while they're simultaneously raising taxes exponentially, um, pushing people out of states with just these insane mandates and, and burdens for small business. So um, I, I'll, I'll take the little things that, that maybe we don't necessarily have here in all the, the right checkboxes being checked off for the, the liberty world. But Let's talk about the medical freedom from that perspective. Uh, I know I, I drive down the, the main ro- uh, road here. I see there's Delta 8 uh, signs. So I know that we're in the CBD wor- CBD slash Delta 8 world, but the, the Delta 9, the actual, uh, you know, the, the, the THC uh, component of things, that's not an area that Indiana is really taking a step towards. Am I correct there? No, cannabis is, a, is an issue in Indiana that we haven't addressed properly and we're backwards on. Uh, if you look at Michigan and you look at Illinois, they're both proactive and many Hoosiers can cross the border and get the medication that they need. But the medical front, you know, there is medical benefits to cannabis. And, you know, whether we do it, take it orally or whether, you know, your choice is to smoke it, there are positive things about it. And we absolutely need to take a step in the right direction. And Indiana needs to stop being so backwards on this. And we can talk about the taxation part, and that's another issue. But we're so backwards, we can't even get to that issue because we, uh, for whatever reason, are still banning cannabis and making a victimless crime illegal. So let's get somewhere with this issue. And we definitely need to deschedule it on the federal level so that, you know, the states have no excuse. Yeah. And let's, I was going to say, let's go that route because that's where a lot of people are asking questions. And and that's sometimes where we do drop the ball. And I've talked about this many a time on the show where we'll have libertarian candidates talk about all the things that are wrong, but don't effectively articulate a real tangible solution 
to get us to a better outcome. So, James, you, you mentioned uh, approaching things from a federal perspective. Could you dig into a little bit more, not just from the cannabis perspective, but more across the board for medical freedom? How would you use your position in U.S. Senate from a libertarian perspective to help enact more pro-liberty approach to uh, medical freedom? Well, again, with cannabis specifically, you know, you're talking about the solutions that's descheduling it. And our governor in Indiana said we won't even do anything until it's descheduled. So let's do that. And that's the first and immediate action on the cannabis front. On medical freedom, it's just the idea that we need to acknowledge that uh, freedom for individuals is absolutely a priority. And we need to make sure that we're not misusing uh, national emergencies. Uh, you know, we're two years into a national emergency. Emergency doesn't last two years. That's just a ridiculous way to use that to overregulate. And uh, we need politicians who are willing to stand up and say, hey, let's stop using our emergency powers. Let's get back to allowing people to practice how they want as far as uh, medical decisions. And that's one of the biggest aspects we can do right now. And you're absolutely right. Solutions need to be front of libertarian issues. If we're not coming at the general public with a solution, then we shouldn't be a candidate at all. We have to present that to Hoosiers and that's how we'll get votes. And talking about presenting solutions, because this whole medical freedom, uh, you know, talking about the war on drugs, this all has some correlations over to the other side of the aisle when we're talking about veteran issues. I, I talked about this with Wiley Gray in the show a while back, talking about using um, alternative forms of, of medicine, specifically focusing on alternatives in the world of psychedelics. And seeing that we do have a direct correlation towards other alternatives being pop popping up out there. However, back to the point, we do have some unfortunate institutionalized systems in place that do need some fixing. So, vet care, what's that that's on your platform, James? Could you dig into that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. So, vet care is, again, a solution, uh, libertarian-oriented. And when I first announced I was running, I was actually working at a bar as a bartender, and a veteran came up to me. Um, he was a Republican, and he said, okay, so I like what you're saying so far, but what are you going to do for me as a veteran? And so I was like, okay, I, you know, I brought up the Second Amendment, I brought up liberty-minded, libertarian principles. He's like, none of that is for me as a veteran. What are you going to do for a veteran? So I was like, oh, okay, you tell me, what can I do for you? And he goes, absolutely, we need to make a difference with the VA. He says, it's intrusive, it's wasteful, it's not serving me, and I absolutely hate going to the VA. So when I'm on the debate stage with Todd Young, I absolutely want to look him at the, in the eyes and say, when was the last time you got your medical care at the VA? because I know he hasn't gotten his medical care there. And the issue is, is that our veterans are having to go to a program that's not serving them. So I came up with a solution, it's called the Vet Care Solution, and it uses a veteran's personal care account. And if you wanna kind of look at the inside of it, it might develop kind of similar to a health savings account, but it's completely different. Because what it does is it takes the wasteful spending that we currently use for the VA, and it eliminates the VA altogether, which is libertarian. And takes that money and directs it directly to the veterans so that they can get their personal care wherever that they choose and from whatever position best meets their needs. So it allows them to have medical freedom as well. And I'm absolutely excited to present this as a solution. And um, again, it's libertarian, so it's great to present to leaders to show that we do come at them with solutions. We, we absolutely need to show solutions. And I love what you did there. What You, you actually just kind of proved a little sales point that we talk about here in the program quite a bit in terms of you you were talking to somebody and then you ask them well you know what is it that you see as a problem what where do you, where do you see things being wrong and then guess what they told you uh and that oh. i think sometimes we forget people will tell us what their problems are but we just have to ask them and then 
shut up and listen. I mean, that brings up two things. One, you know, as a politician, they forget that it's a public servant position. So I'm there to serve them. I'm there to hear their concerns. And whatever's on their mind, they need to be able to present to me. And that's part of the approachable aspect. And I campaign that I'm approachable. And I believe that that is absolutely true. As I'm talking to people from across the aisle, both on the Democrat and Republican side, we can have these conversations and open them up to the ideas of freedom. So I'm absolutely excited for that aspect. And again, communication is just a big key of that. Letting people know that I'm truly able to represent them. And I'm out there advocating for them. So I'm excited for this. And it makes it a lot easier when you meet people on the issues that they care about. So right now, what's an issue I am hearing constantly, whether it's I'm in the grocery store and I hear somebody looking at the prices of meat or just the prices of everything. Uh, if I'm you know walking uh, down the road and I hear somebody when they're grabbing a coffee, talking to somebody else about how all of a sudden gas prices seem to be going up. Across the board, costs are increasing. Inflation is really, it's its on everybody's mind. And I think right now people are definitely looking for some fiscal sanity, which ironically enough happens to be the third platform on your website. So James, talk to us about fiscal sanity from the perspective of a senator from the Hoosier state. Yeah, so fiscal sanity is something Washington's left completely behind. That's why we have to call it sanity at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. And this is something that Todd Young has not represented Hoosiers on. I'm excited again and take this to debate to him. But every budget that comes across his desk, he ends up signing. So we might as well call it a spending spree at this point. And we're seeing it in real time that how it affects Hoosiers. And that's inflation. Uh, some conservative uh, marks say it's at 8% right now. And, you know, when I fill up my gas tank, I feel a lot worse because I started campaigning and it was 30 bucks to fill up my gas tank. Just the other day, I filled it up for $37. Uh, real time, you know, going out to a restaurant, a $30 meal now, you know, ends up being $40. I had a family of four say that they spent $75 at a restaurant. And inflation is hitting every budget in the Hoosier state. And so we're seeing it as a very real issue to Hoosiers. And they want real solutions. And Todd Young doesn't present that. He'll blame inflation on, I just watched an interview where he blamed it on the supply chain, etc. And he blamed it on everybody but himself. But if you look at his spending record, he is the second worst senator when it comes to deficit spending. So I promise as a senator, when I go into Washington, I won't pass any deficit spending. Uh, we'll keep the government open, but when it comes to you know wasting money, I, I truly believe that we're putting a burden on our future generations that is absolutely unnecessary. And we just need to take responsibility and bring that fiscal sanity back to Washington and back to uh, Hoosiers so that they can better use their money and have more money of their own that they deserve. Now, speaking of areas where people have seen money wasted, and I talked about it and maybe more so hinted at it earlier, was this area that we call the war on drugs. And we see that this correlates right into the fourth area on your your campaign website that you want to focus on, and that is criminal justice reform. And this is a conversation we've seen, especially over the past few years, really take hold so what would be the approach from a, uh, a, a U.S. Senate campaign, libertarian criminal justice reform? Are we just going to let anarchy run rampant and make all drugs legal and let all the convicts out, James? <laughs> well, I always present an incremental approach to freedom. And a lot of times when we talk in extremes like you just did, we immediately turn ears off. So we got to talk about real solutions and how that will look at 
uh, Hoosier level. So the first descheduling cannabis and allowing, you know, us to not waste prosecute, uh, money on prosecution would actually help Hoosiers uh, financially from a financial aspect. It'll also help with the criminal reform. But we shouldn't be putting, uh, I believe our nation is currently one of the top four uh, incarcerated individuals. So how can we call ourselves a free nation if we're incarcerated and putting more citizens in jail than any other nation, which is something that is on my heart and it's on my mind of how we can change the system to better represent um, and to free more individuals. So cannabis, that's a huge one. Other drugs, you know, I advocate that like alcohol, for example, we can free up a lot of these, um, allow people to use them how they see, but for an alcoholic to get help, it, you know, you go to AA or whatever, but you don't have the same prosecution. You don't have to worry about the law coming after you unless you have a DUI, where on the drug front, you're always having to worry about that law aspect. So if we take that out of the equation, more people will be willing to get help for the issues that they do have with drugs and be able to better serve their communities. And for those who choose to use it, that's their freedom and uh, their right, as long as they're not harming other individuals. So we definitely can do a lot better for our criminal reform. And I'm excited to present some of these on the Washington front on the federal issues. And it'll be definitely something that I'm going to advocate and fight hard for. All right, James, now I got to push back a little bit because I'm scrolling through your website and something is uh, its noticeably missing. And I think okay. it's something that we've all been experiencing the past few years. Lockdowns, COVID, all that insanity. Talk to me. What is your approach to the COVID regime? Did things go too far? And if so, what would uh, we be doing differently from a federal perspective? So they absolutely went too far. Uh, lockdowns were absolutely ridiculous. I we can talk about the infringement of rights. Uh, one of them I like to talk about in the Hoosier state because I feel like it's really relevant to Hoosiers is um, the freedom of religion and they shut down churches. So on the Republican side, on the very conservative side, we saw them shutting down their churches. And I don't think that's going to resonate with Hoosiers. So absolutely advocating for freedom. But yeah, COVID lockdowns didn't help. Um, I think we, when we saw the 14 day, okay, let's, slow down this thing. Most of us could get on board because we saw a responsible way to do this, but it didn't help. And 14 days turned into weeks and months. And, um, you know, we just saw on the federal level, the two-year emergency uh, aspect is still in effect. And so this is definitely something that on a federal level, they've overstepped. They're using it to, uh, they're using it basically to take more power than they need. So with COVID, it's just an excuse to have more power and it's more, uh, it's hypocritical of the politicians when they can get haircuts and we can't. I actually didn't tell many people this, but when I, as kind of a protest, I never got a haircut until um, the we could open up all barbershops. And so I got really long hair, but the idea is a lot of politicians were getting their haircut illegally and so there's definitely a double standard and that double standard needs to be shown and we need to take back our freedoms as individuals. They, politicians don't have special privileges. So let's bring accountability to back to Washington. I don't know, James. I've heard the rumors that some animals are more equal 
than others. That's the rumor, at least. All right, so we've, we've learned in terms of what people can do to help support you, uh, but we want them to be able to do more. We want them to be able to go find you and keep up to date with all that's going to be happening. So where can folks go ahead and uh, find your, your campaign, but also they want to go ahead and uh, learn more, dig into more of the issues. Where can they do that? Yeah, so definitely my website, www.seniac4senate.com. And then my Facebook, we're active on there. And I've been going around the whole state, so we'll be traveling to all the affiliates and their conventions. And uh, between me and my team, we will hit, I believe, every convention. So, you know, in person is great. If you can make it to any of those conventions and the state convention is coming up in a week and a half, or if you can uh, reach out to me on Facebook, I would love to have a conversation with you. But definitely for issues, my website, www.seniac4senate.com. I'll definitely be in Indiana's uh, convention there. I'll actually be doing uh, some sales trading for folks. So if you are going to be attending the Indiana State Convention, well, please make sure you do me a favor and stop by. And uh, how about this? As we wrap things up, James, I want to uh, give you the, the last word to maybe give some words of advice to the audience, but also specifically, let's go ahead and give your your elevator pitch. Why should folks be interested in supporting James Seniac as we approach the election here in 2022. Yeah, so definitely my first thing I want to tell people, my advice to you is stand up for what you believe in. Stand up for the freedoms that are being taken away. Stand up for who you want to fight for. You know, I look at my nieces and I want to fight for their generation and future generations. So continue to push on the issues that are important to you and don't let anybody tell you that your voice doesn't matter. I do believe that, you know, what we need in a Senate candidate for Hoosiers, I have, I have the ability to debate Todd Young. I have the charisma and I've been excited to take these liberty-minded issues to Washington. I have a great platform, I have a great team, and I have what's needed to win this race. But also, most importantly, I'm building up the LPIN and I'm excited for that pro-growth campaign. And that's coming behind your local candidates. It's shining that spotlight on them so that they are able to win their local elections. We can do this together, and that's exactly how we're going to do it. So definitely consider me for the nomination for the U.S. Senate race. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to be carrying this torch. So um, let's go into November strong, and let's have strong candidates to fight behind. Please, folks, please. We need strong candidates, 100%. It makes our jobs in the sales world a lot easier when you have a stellar product. And folks, if you want to go ahead and learn more about James's campaign, well, yes, we'll include the link to uh, his website in the show notes. All you got to do is click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you to briannicholsshow.com where you can find today's episode with James, the entire transcript of today's episode, as well as all the links and plus all 440 some odd other episodes. I think we're pushing episode 450. If I'm not wrong there, James might be tomorrow's episode. I got to double check and see, but uh, yes, it's been a blast. James, thank you so much for for joining us on today's show. Um, Any last thoughts here as we wrap things up for the audience? Yeah, let's fight for liberty together and let's do this. Amen. Let's do this indeed. Well, that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode. Yes, again, links in the show notes for James's campaign. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for James Siniak. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty and consider donating to the show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now. <laughs>